You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. when we trust in the Lord, our fears go away because fear is the opposite of faith. When we believe, our fears disappear. Our fears go away. The Lord is our strength and the Lord is our power. He has overcome our fears. Whom shall we fear? What shall we fear? There is no fear in the Lord. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And we reach into that and think about that. So many times we read the Lord's promises to deliver us from our fears, and this is tremendous hope. Deep in your heart, if you're honest, there are fears you can't seem to conquer. However, as Pastor Dave explains today, with the Spirit in you, you need not fear. Jesus has conquered that fear and lives in you to give you strength, power, and courage to fight. You need only believe God and His promises. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 22, as he continues his message, David's Song of Victory. David dealt with his sin by confessing it to God. He confessed it to God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what it says in John, 1 John. We confess our sins and we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He knew he was not without sin, but he confessed his sin to the Lord and then he accepted the consequences by faith, knowing that they were from God And God was going to use those consequences to mold him into the person God wanted him to be. And we know all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. God used these consequences in David's life to work together for good. God uses all things to work together for good. David was a humble man. David never was a braggart. He never was a show guy. He was a humble guy. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. We see that in David's life. God is always faithful to his character and his covenant. And knowing the character of God is essential for knowing and doing God's will. It's pleasing God's heart. Faith, believing, trusting, hoping. Faith is pleasing to God. And that's what David did. And that's what David did. So, God was David's deliverer. God was David's rewarder. And in the next section, we're going to see how the Lord enabled David. Let's look at 29 through 43. For you, talking about the Lord, are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against the troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer, 
and sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. The gentleness has made me great. You've enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. And I have destroyed them and wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. In this section, the Lord enables David to be the man that he's called him to do. To bring Israel back to a restored nation. To defeat all of the enemies of Israel. God used David mightily and we studied that. Now, I love the fact that David says to the Lord, you're my lamp. You're my lamp. And you know Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a guide unto my path. Our God is a lamp. Jesus is a lamp to us. He shines in the midst of darkness. The lamp allows us to clearly see in a darkened place. He is the lamp that he keeps with us. David says in Psalm 27 that the Lord is his light and his salvation. Of whom shall we be afraid? It's interesting to me that all of us have these crazy fears. Let's get real. Every one of you has a fear. Every one of you has a fear of something. Some of us, like me, have more multiple fears than others. But we all have fears of something. Something. I don't like spiders and snakes. No, anyhow, we all have fears of something. We all have fears. Whom shall I fear if the Lord is my light and my salvation? Whom shall I fear? You should say, I am afraid of blank. The Lord has conquered that. He's, he's taking care of that. I have this horrible fear of flying. Horrible fear of flying. I hate getting on the plane, I hate taking off, I hate sitting on the plane, and I hate landing. I love getting off the plane. But we got on this plane to go to Israel. I walked on whistling a happy tune, and I sat down in that seat, and for nine and a half hours, I was the most happiest person I've ever been my entire time on an airplane. In fact, when I got up, I looked at the seat rest, and they weren't all torn and buckled, because usually I sit there and go... Crunch them. They were, there was nothing wrong with them. And then, to make matters even crazier, I did it again to come home. And only this time, it was 11 and a half hours to get home. One plane, 11 and a half hours. I had the time of my life. Now, you tell me I did that on my own. No way. The Lord is my strength. He put me on that airplane. He allowed me to have this joy, this peace of knowing that I'm in his arms. He carried that airplane all the way to Israel and carried it all the way back. I was in his arms the entire time. But see, when we trust in the Lord, our fears go away because fear is the opposite of faith. And when we believe, our fears disappear. Our fears go away. The Lord is our strength and the Lord is our power. He has overcome our fears. Whom shall we fear? What shall we fear? There is no fear in the Lord. He has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And we reach into that and think about that. So many times we read the Lord's promises to deliver us from our fears, and this is tremendous hope. Every one of us have a fear. Deep down inside, you're afraid of something. The Lord has conquered that. The Lord has taken away that fear. We've been studying on Sunday morning, one of the biggest fears that Satan uses towards us is death. The major fear in a lot of people's heart. 
the major, major fear. Jesus conquered death. He conquered death so that we wouldn't have to. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? My victory is in Christ. And the more I hope in that, and the more I trust in that, the easier it is for me to move and walk. Psalm 56.3, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. I put all my trust in Christ, all my trust in God when I'm afraid. The psalmist resolves to make God his confidence. When there's dangers or most threatening and other things, all other confidences failed, he says, when I'm afraid in the day that I fear, I trust in the Lord. I may be terrified in it within, but not from without because I trust in God and he hears my cries. It's interesting that David calls the Lord a lamp. But if you remember when we read back during the wars with the Philistine, the men called David a lamp. They called him a light for the nation, remember? They didn't want him to go out to battle because he was getting old and rickety and had trouble lifting his sword. So they wanted him to all hang back because he was the light of the nation. And here we see him calling God is the light. God is the light. The Lord empowered David to be a courageous soldier and face the enemy without fear. He's empowered you to be a, a, a courageous soldier in Christ and face the enemy without fear. You face the enemy. God has given us boldness through his Holy Spirit. You don't have boldness? Pray to the Holy Spirit. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give you boldness. Would give you boldness. God's way is perfect. David says that. He made David's way perfect because David trusted in him. Therefore, God became David's shield in the time of battle. God's way is perfect. He perfects our ways. He helps us in everything we do. The Lord enlarged David's territory. He enlarged his thing. He enlarged his path. He placed him on a broad path. I love verse 36. He says, you have also given me a shield of salvation. The gentleness has made me great. I love this. He's placed me on a broad path in the deer's feet. In verse 34, he makes my feet like the feet of the deer and sets me in high places. The feet of deer are sure feet. They're called sure feet. They can stand in rocky places. They can stand when we might have trouble standing. They're sure-footed. You've heard that about hooved animals. They're sure-footed. They have that play, be able to stand. You see these crazy mountain goats up on the side of mountains. There's nothing holding them up there, but they're standing there because they're sure-footed. God has given us sure feet. He's given us sure feet to stand, and he places us in high places to be able to stand firm. Stand firm in what? Stand firm in the Lord and the power of his might. Stand strong in him. And that's who we stand strong in. David's amazement that God could have anything to do with him, it always amazes me, too, that God would pay attention to me, that God would hear my prayers. David know that the Lord has made him great. Do we realize that the Lord makes us who we are? That we would be nothing without the Lord? You need to realize that. We are who we are by the grace of God. Paul says, I've done more than them all, but not I, but the grace of God that was in me. I've done more than them all, but not I, but the grace of God that's in me. Paul's realizing that it was only by God's grace. Only by God's grace do we have salvation. Only by God's grace can we walk this face to the earth. Only by God's grace can we do anything. Only by God's grace. David knows that that's what made him great. We read in 1 Timothy that Paul thanked the Lord that the Lord had counted him and Timothy faithful to place him in the ministry. 
Counted faithful. It was the Lord's faithfulness to put them in the ministry, not their faithfulness. It was the Lord's faithfulness. My desire is to make the Lord's great among those whom I come in contact with. That was David's desire, to make the Lord's name great. So the Lord delivered David. The Lord rewarded David. The Lord enabled David. And finally, the Lord established David. Let's finish out the verses 44 through 51. Talking to the Lord, you have also delivered me from the strivings of my people. You have kept me as the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. The foreigners submit to me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. And I love these verses. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. He, God, is the tower of salvation to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. Wow. I love David's praise here. The Lord lives. Blessed be the Lord. The Lord lives. Didn't we used to sing a song, Hosanna, blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted? Yeah, that was a great song. We used to sing that. David knows it was only by the hand of the Lord that he was enthroned. And so he praises God. Anything you have in life, anything that you've acquired in life, anything you have attained to in life, any position that you might have esteemed to or gotten to, it is only by the hand of the Lord. It's only by God's hand. God exalts and God brings low. It's only by God's grace that we do these things. They realized that, that he had been selected by the Lord to be king. It wasn't by his doing. He didn't come in and said, I'm going to be the new king. Remember, he was the one that they overlooked. He was the one that was behind guarding the sheep, a ruddy little guy. Remember? Samuel said, isn't there somebody else hanging around? Oh, well, yeah, that little guy. Well, bring out the runt. They brought him out, and God said, that's the guy. He's the king. David knew that. It wasn't by his doing. He didn't make himself. If you're in ministry, God, God does it. You don't do it. You don't force yourself in the ministry. It's God who places you there. God who brings you in. David knows that trusting God is the only way, and he had to learn this hard several times. We read 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. David had his nose scraped a lot of times, but he learned it. When he humbled himself to the mighty hand of the Lord, it paid off. David knew that the Lord would do what he promised. God's great power is revealed in our what? Our weakness? Our strength. It's revealed in our weakness. When we are weak, he is strong. God's power is revealed. When we are weak, he is strong. David knew that when he came to an end, God was there. When everything around us is foggy and somewhat fuzzy, the Lord is our only hope. Therefore, David says, I will give thanks to the Lord. And I love this. Despite all that David had been through, all David's ups and downs, David's rising and falling, his success, his failures, he didn't have any bitter resentment. He didn't have any bitter resentment with the death of all his sons, the baby born to Bathsheba, Ammon, Absalom. And next, and we get into chapter uh, 1 Kings, he's going to lose another son out of Janiah. 
He's going to lose these kids, and he never was bitter in his heart. He never grumbled against the Lord. He never had any regrets. Oh, that we would be able to say the same thing. We wouldn't grumble with the Lord when we get a hangnail. We wouldn't grumble about the Lord to the Lord when the people at work despise us or say bad things against us, or when the car cuts us off that we're driving to, or when the guy at Wawa doesn't say hello to us. Oh, that we wouldn't grumble and angle at the Lord at these silly, goofy things that seem to bother us for some reason. Oh, that we wouldn't get angry and bitter at the Lord. We need to be like David. We need to have a song of victory. We need to have a song of victory in our heart, which is constantly singing, constantly making melody, constantly giving praise to the Lord. We need to have a song of David that wells up within us, and we just cry out to the Lord, thank you! With raised hands, regardless of where we are. Say, thank you, Lord! When I got saved, it was a burning, burning, burning in my heart, and a burden was so heavy upon me from all the prayers that my crazy wife had been doing. I mean, a burden was tremendous upon me. And I just knew what I had to do. And I was walking across the parking lot at school between the two buildings of the, of the tech center before they made it into one building. I was walking across there. And in the middle of the parking lot, I just dropped all my books. And I said, okay. I said, okay. But it was right there in front of everybody. I just raised, okay. Whatever you want. David says, wow, this is my song of victory. You know, we, a lot of business goes on here. We're in the business of doing church, and we're in the business of helping the poor, and we're in the business of loving each other. We're in the business. We need to be the, in the believing business. We need to be in the believing business, believing God for all his promises, believing God for everything that he wants to do, not only in our lives, but the lives of each church, because all the promises of God are not only true, they're true for us. They're true for you, and this becomes our victory song. We need to believe in that God can be trusted in the darkest times of our life. If you haven't had a darkest time of your life, it could come. I don't know. I pray it doesn't. I pray it doesn't come for you. But you could have a dark time in your life when you really need to trust in God. It's easy to trust God in those bright times, those great, wonderful, wonderful times when we're all sitting around praising God. But I want to see you in this building with tears in your eyes, streaming down your face because of a dark and horrible time you're in, standing there giving God all praise and glory and honor. That's where the rubber meets the road, folks. That's when it becomes real. And that's when people look at it and go, wow, I want that faith. I want that kind of faith. We need to believe that God is in everything. Way too often we believe in everything else first instead of God. We believe what others say about God. We believed it. But we need to look for ourselves. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? He hears us when we cry out to him in faith. He lifts us out of the horrible pit and places in his marvelous light. He places our feet upon solid ground and he establishes us. He establishes our going out and our coming in. He establishes us. He calls us to himself. Come unto me, my little ones, the ones I love so much. Come to me. Come to me. Let me comfort you. Let me wrap my arms around you. Let me tell you how much I love you. Come. Come to me. 
He places us up. He becomes our hope in the midst of dire circumstances. He becomes our refuge during the storm. He becomes our strong tower that we run into. He's our joy, our hope. He's our crown. He's our security in the midst of a confused world. You worried about the world's situation? I'm not because I know the Lord has everything under control. What's there to worry about? Drop a bomb right here, here, right here, right in the head. I don't care. It's a win-win. I'll be with God. I'll be with him forever. What do I have to worry about? David reminds us that the Lord should be the centerpiece of our life. The Lord should be the centerpiece of our life. Folks, the Lord is our centerpiece. He is the center of our lives. He is the centerpiece which everything else in our life is surrounded around. If he's not, folks, pray that he would be. Allow him to be that centerpiece of your life. His life does not revolve around us. Our life revolves around him. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. For me to live is Christ. We need to remember that. This victory song should be on our lips, but let me go one step further. Your victory song should be on your lips because it's a song of triumph. It's a triumphal song that only you know the words to. Only you have the melody in your head because it's pertinent to you. It's personal to you because it's your song. This was David's song. And we can glean from it God's character, how he's going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. But your song is your song. It's yours alone. And it wouldn't be a bad idea to write your song down. Your song, your victory song in Christ, we thank you, Lord, for your unending love and your mercy and grace. We thank you for being our hope and our salvation, for never giving up on us. You realize God never gives up on us. How many times have you given up on yourself or given up on someone else? God never, ever gives up on you, ever. Thank you for being our salvation, never giving up on us. You never gave up on David. Even though he sinned greatly, you never gave up on him. Thank you, Lord, for being our strength when we're the weakest we can possibly be. For where shall we go? You have the words of life. Whom do we have in heaven but you, O oh Lord? There's great meaning in these scriptures. and We, as students of the word, need to withdraw those. But you need to make it personal. It needs to be personal to you, like David. This song was personal to David, and we got to look at it and study it. It was cool. But I hope that as we studied it, you were having things in your head going, wow, wait a minute. And, and it should be yours. I love it. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted. The rock of my salvation. Wow. Strong words from a man just like us. A frail human, a sinner, a soldier, and a songwriter. A normal guy. God loves to take ordinary people and do extraordinary things with them. And the scripture says he's looking to and fro throughout the land of one heart that he can show himself strong on their behalf if their eyes are towards him. I pray that's you. I pray it's you. You are a 
We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but that's all we have time for today on Assure Hope. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. You can explore more of this series in 2 Samuel or jump to another book of the Bible. Each one gives unique insight into God's plan for you and this world you live in. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. In this busy world, setting time aside to study the Bible in depth is difficult. So we'd like to make that just a bit easier. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll have sound biblical teachings sent right to your smartphone or computer. What a great way to infuse your day with God's Word. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. We're gathering in person, but we understand if you're not comfortable with that yet. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live. Just follow the link at assurehoperadio.com. We look forward to worshiping with you, either in person or virtually this weekend. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in the book of 2 Samuel, right here on Assure Hope.